Is everyone doing well this morning? Everyone doing well this morning? The Lord is good. He brought you here. Amen. And I've enjoyed worship thus far. Um, God's good, is He not? I'm thankful for Him. Last week, we were in, uh, we're, we're in our sermon series, that's a good question, and last week was one where we, we had to deal with the sin in our life. Well, we posed the question, how, how do we break free of habitual sin? And in that message, man, we, we, we talked about all kinds of uh, strategies to uh, break free from sin. And so I want to I encourage you, if, if you miss that, I want you to go back to our YouTube channel. I want you to listen to that. If sin just has a grip on your life, you need to turn that over. You need to repent, trust in Jesus, and receive help from Him. I want you to go back and tune in to that. But sin is destructive, and we know that. And as child of God, uh, sin has no place in our life. And last week, I think one of the most encouraging things for me when we read from the Word of God is that we have no obligation to do what our sinful nature desires to do anymore. Right, church? That obligation is gone. So I want you to go back. I want you to listen to that if you missed it. But we're still in our sermon series. That's a good question. After today, I think we have two more weeks. Uh, but today is a question. It's going to be on the screen. How do I know God's plan for my life? How do I know God's plan for my life? Or maybe phrase this way, how do I know the will of God? How do I know what the will of God is for me? This question uh, from y'all was, uh, was written, posed in several different ways. But today, I think that that's the easiest way for us to frame up this concept of God's will. How do I know what He wants out of me? How do I know uh, what God is asking of me? Really, this question, probably for me in ministry, is ask the most. I, I, got, to, I got to think back, I man, just over uh, uh, leading people and helping people. Uh, so many uh, folks come to me, uh, I've got this uh, uh, job decision. Pastor, I don't know what to do. Or um, I, I really, I, I don't, how do I know exactly who it is that I should uh, marry? Uh, where, uh, where should I go to college? Like, what, What's my career choice? Right? All these big questions that we have from time to time over the course of our life, and, and, and we, we want to make the right decision, don't we? We want to know what God has for us. We want to make sure that we're in step with His will. We want to make sure we're doing exactly what God wants us to do. Have you ever been there? You ever had that big question, that big decision? Man, what's next for me? That's the will of God. But here's how we need to talk about the will of God today, church. I think what we've done is we've, we've mystified the will of God. We've, we've talked about it in such a way, maybe from this platform or maybe in small group circles, where we, we almost build up the will of God as something that can never be obtained. That, that we think that, that somehow, some way, God does have this ultimate plan for our life, and if we work hard enough, if we dig uh, long enough, like, we'll find it eventually, one day, maybe, right? You ever felt that way? Well, we think about God's will uh, as like an escape room. 
that the man, if I, if I go from clue to clue to clue to clue, hopefully at the end of the session before time runs out, I'll figure it out. And we think of God as up there in the tower going, <laughs> I, hope, I hope they do what they need to do. I hope they make it in time. I hope they figure out the clue in time. Listen to me, church. That's not my father. That's not God. That's not how he wants you to go through life. That's not how he wants to interact with you as this giant game of clue that hopefully before time runs out, you figure it out. That's not his will. That's not what he wants out of you. That, that's not the relationship he wants to have with you. I firmly believe with all of my heart, based on what we see in the word of God, that he wants you to know exactly what to do. He wants to make it clear for you. But we need to understand what the will of God is. What is the will of God? When we talk about trying to figure it out, what are we, what are we talking about? Before we get actually into the answer, I, I want to break down the will of God in two different categories. But I want you to understand this about the categories that we're going to briefly go over. They're not mutually exclusive categories. Okay? They're, they're, they're not apart from one another, but they work together in unison. So the first thing that I want you to write down about the will of God is God has a sovereign will. God's sovereign will. I want to pose a question, and I want you to answer audibly, if you will. Do you believe, church, that God is sovereign? What do I mean by the word sovereign? That God is over it all. That God knows all. That God is all-powerful. He has control of everything. That's what I mean when I say God is sovereign. So the best way to describe God's sovereign will can be something like this. In the beginning, right, when we look at uh, the book of Genesis, God said, let there be light, and there was what, church? Light. God said in his word that, that he's going to bring about redemption. He, he's going to bring about a plan of salvation. And guess what? Salvation came, and his name is Jesus. What we also see in the word of God is that he said, Jesus is going to come back again. And guess what? Jesus is going to come back again. That's the sovereignty of God, that, that God is over it all. What God speaks happens. God has a plan. God has an ultimate sovereign plan preordained from the foundations of the earth. And his sovereignty is his ability to set forth the plan and sustain it. That's his sovereignty. He's over everything. And guess what, church? His will will come to pass, without a doubt, because he is sovereign. Proverbs 16, verse 33. Now, I, I could have gone to Scripture uh, from front to back looking at his sovereignty, but Proverbs 16, 33 says, We may throw the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall. That's his sovereignty. Psalm 115, verse 3. Our God is in the heavens, and He does as He wishes. Amen? He does as He wishes. That's the sovereignty of God. He is over everything. It, it, it's a crucial doctrine that, that His children need to process. I know it's tough to understand, but we need to believe with all of our heart that God, without a doubt, 
is in control of everything. And if God is sovereign, hear me out, God is over everything good, and God is over everything bad. He's over it all. He is over everything. God is in control. So how does this aspect of God's sovereign will, that he is over it all, how does this give us hope as his children? How can the sovereign will of God give you and I hope today? Well, what this does for me, child of God, is it allows me to take a deep breath. <sighs> that man, my father is over everything. That my father is in control. That my father is all-knowing. So whenever it is that I'm worried, whenever it is that I'm stressed out, whenever it is that I'm faced with a decision, I can take a deep breath that God is good and He's over everything. Amen? That's how the sovereign will of God helps you and I. It helps us to understand that He is over everything. But we can certainly make a mess of it, can't we? But He's over the mess. God is over everything. The second thing that I want you to write down, remember, these are not exclusive. They work together. I want you to write down God's preceptive will. God's preceptive will. What, what do I mean when I say His preceptive will? His precepts, His, His word, His law. That's how He works. That's how He lets us know what His will, what His plan is. And under this particular point, we're not going to go over a specific passage of Scripture, because if you got your Bible, I want you to hold it up. I want you to hold up the Word of God. This is His preceptive will. All of it. I can't just point one verse of Scripture. Like This is His will. Do you believe that, church? That God wants you to know exactly what He has for your life in His Word. It's His law. It's His Word. It's what He's given to us. Uh, what kind of husband should I be? Don't commit adultery, right? It's in there. What kind of child should I be? Honor and respect my parents, right? It's in there. Like, we know what God has for us because of His Word. That's His preceptive will. We don't have to wonder. We, we, we don't have to be stressed out. He, he shares His will for your life in His Word. That's how we know what God really wants out of us. But of course, there's not an example for, for every single thing, every single life decision based in this Word of God. But when we know the Word of God, we begin to know His heart. And when we start learning His heart, we can then apply His heart to every single situation. That helps us. That helps us to understand what His will really is. So this is His preceptive will. Do you, do you get the point? Like, this is His will for your life. And we need to believe that today. He has shared His will in His Word. So, child of God, I want you to breathe easy. Take a deep breath. God's over everything, and He gives you clear example in His Word. It's not hidden. It's not a mystery. He wants you to know. So, moving forward, here's how we need to break this down. I want you to write this down, the steps, how to know the will of God. It's going to be on the screen. There's some things we need to work through. I want to oversimplify this message today. Do you like simple things? Do you like easy things to process? I've already made the bold claim that God wants you to know, so we're going to make it very, very simple today. If you're one of those uh, folks that, that like to come into a church service every now and again, 
and hear passages of Scripture that are on coffee mugs at Mardell's, today is the day for you. Like, it is going to be such an encouragement. It's going to be a blessing. You'll be like, I know that passage. I love it. God wants you to know. He wants you to know what he has for you. So I want to make this very, very simple today. So the first thing that I want you to write down on how to know, how to discover his plan for your life is this. You need to learn to let go of what you want. Step number one, you need to learn to let go of what you want. Nothing can cloud or frustrate the plan of God for your life more than what you want for your life. We get in our own way. Amen to that. We can't walk because we stumble over our own feet. But, but what we need to understand when it comes to figuring out what God has for you, many times, more times than not, it's not what you want. The whole point of last week was us looking at our flesh, our, our desires, our, our opposite of what the Spirit wants. That's the reason last week was so important. We learned how the Spirit can win out. So when it comes to figuring out what God has for you, many times we have to suppress our desires and start looking at what He wants. Many times they're not the same. So we need to learn how to suppress what we want and focus on what God wants. To do this, we look at Jesus. Luke chapter 22, verse 42. You've heard me reference this a lot, but Jesus cries out. He says, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. And then what does he say? Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. What are we talking about? What is this passage of Scripture? Where is it at in the Word of God? Jesus is about to be crucified. He's looking at the suffering that he's about to endure on the cross. Not fun. In his flesh, in his earthly state as a man, right, as fully man, he's going, this is going to hurt. This is not going to be fun. This is not what I want to do. We are fooling ourselves if we think the man's side of God in Jesus wanted to crawl up on that cross. That was horrible. And what does he say? Not what I want, but what you want. So Jesus in this moment is teaching you and I full submission to the will of God. It's not what we always want. It's what God wants. We have to understand that oftentimes in life, when we're trying to figure it out, we need to get out of the way. James chapter 4, 13 through 15. Love Pastor James. He says, look here. You who say today or tomorrow, we're going to a certain town. We'll stay there a year. We'll do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? I wake up in a different house every day. Any parent? My goodness. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and we will do this or that. You see, there, there is arrogance 
in the life that says, this is how it's going to happen. This is what I want to happen. That's arrogant. What we need to say is, God, what do you want out of me? What do you want out of my life? What kind of decision do you, you want me to make? That, that's you laying your life down in front of him saying, your will be done, not mine. That's tough to do, isn't it? Got any control freaks in the room? Like, you're cool if you and God line up, right? Like, I'll do that. Guys, I want to. Not how it works. We've got to lay down what we want for what God wants. The next thing I want you to write down is we need to spend time in the Word. We need to spend time in God's Word. I know, I know, I know. This is like the most Sunday school, churchy answer ever. Like, read your Bible. Why do I say that? Because it works. It works. And we have to say it so much, not picking on anybody in the room, but we don't do it enough. We don't read it enough. We don't study it enough. Man, the answer to whatever it is that you're dealing with is under your nose. Do you read it? Do you study it? Do you desire to know it? Or do you just think somehow God's going to poof, let you know what's up? He, he's given you the word. Do you read it? If you want to know what his plan is for your life, are you seeing his, his word? That's why we call it his word. God, God loved us enough to place in the hearts of men many years ago his heart. And we can read it. We can, we can come to know our father and what he wants out of us. It's so true. So many times folks come to me, and I'm not picking on anyone, I want you to come to me, we're going to talk about that in a moment. But so many times, I, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And I will say, have you read the Word of God? Not like I should. You ever said that? Not like I should. What you're saying in that moment is, no, I have not. I have not read the Word of God. Read it and see what the Word of God has for you. Psalm 119. 104-105. Your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life. We'll stop right there. Your commandments give me understanding. Your, your, your words, they give me understanding. Now, if you remember, we already said, like, the Bible... And this is, I think, the, some of the, the greatest critics of the Bible say this. Well, the, the Bible doesn't have a direct answer about that. Like, it doesn't, doesn't have anything about that circumstance. Well, that may be the case. Whenever, um, whenever I was looking for the one to marry, uh, should I marry Ashley? This is what I did. I went to the book of marriages, uh, chapter 3, uh, verse 4, where it had Luke and Ashley, 2012, uh, March 17th. Did I get that right? I went there. No, I didn't. It's not in there. So how, do, how did I know if Ashley was the one? Well, well you see, I, I've spent enough time in the Word of God to know what a godly woman is. You, you see, I've spent enough time in the Word of God to see that, that when I looked hard enough to see what kind of uh, woman he wanted me to marry, and, and she lined up with with what pleases him, I didn't have to wonder anymore if that's a girl I should marry. And I think I made a good decision. She's in here. I'll say that in the second service too when she's not. 
I made a good decision. Why? Because I understood the heart of God. The, the word of God didn't specifically say, Luke, Mary, Ashley. It showed me what a godly woman is. And if that's what I should marry, when I come across one, all right. You see how the word of God works? Of course, many times it will answer specifically what's going on. But many times you're not going to find that specific question. You have to observe the whole counsel of the word of God to see his heart. And when you see his heart, you can apply his heart to all of life's situations. And when you do that, man, you can't go wrong. You'll know what to do. The Word teaches us his heart, and his heart lights our way. It's going to read, your, your lamp, your Word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Your, your word is a lamp for my feet. The, the word of God is a flashlight in a dark night shining in front of you the path in which you should go. But I want to make this stern warning. You are going to stumble in confusion and darkness until you start reading his word. Plain and simple. I know it's very churchy, but it works. Do you know the Word of God? It will show you which way to go. The next thing I want you to write down is a prioritize a focused prayer time. Here we go again. Another simple churchy answer. But guess what, church? It works. Pray. Spend focused time praying about whatever it is that you want to know. I love wise people. We're going to talk about wise people here in just a moment, but I love wise people. Do you have wise people around you? Like really wise people? Not just those that think they know everything, but really wise people? I love wise people. I love godly people. My mother is a spiritual giant in my life. You can make fun of me all you want. Jesus was a mama's boy. I'm convinced. Throw stones at me later. I talk to my mom. If I'm worried, if I got something on my heart, I talk to my mom. I still have her. That's a privilege. And, and, and it really, it never fails. When I, when I talk to my mom, here's always her response. Have you prayed about it? No. No. Not like I should. You ever said it? Why is that so profound? Those that are older in the faith and in life, that have been walking with Jesus a long time, they know what a privilege it is to talk to him in prayer. They know how precious it is. And they know how few people actually tap into that relationship. They know that it's abandoned more times than not. Do you ask him? When your heart is overwhelmed, when you're faced with anxiety or fear or depression, or you're just paralyzed in fear because you don't know what to do, do you talk to him? Do you talk to him? 
Do you, do you approach your heavenly father and lay out your request, lay out your worries in front of him? We just spent a great deal of time in the sermon series wish list talking about the privilege of prayer. I want to read one of those passages that we looked at again. James chapter 1, 5 and 6. It says, if you need wisdom, man, struggling with a decision, right? What does God want out of me? What's his plan for my life? I think we need wisdom there. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. When you need to know, when you're struggling to understand, when you're tired of being frustrated at not knowing, ask him. Talk to him. Make time for prayer. And I've told you all this before many years ago, and I am not ashamed. Every morning, my phone has a, has a timer at 8 o'clock. It says pray. Usually by that time, whatever the morning routine has, there's, there's some space there. We're, we're done with the craziness of getting kids to school or whatever. And it says pray. And whatever it is that I'm doing, I, I pray. I want to make sure that, that I have focused prayer time every single day talking to my father. And when you talk to him, you start to better understand what he wants out of you. It's a wonderful way to engage your heavenly father. Talk to him. Ask him. He's a good dad, and he wants you to know what he has for you. Make sure that you talk to him. The next thing I want you to write down is get help from others. Get help from others. Proverbs 15, verse 22 it says, plans go wrong for lack of advice. Anybody ever had a plan go wrong? All the guys are like, I'm not admitting that. Not at all. Nope, never had a plan go bad, dude. Yes, you have. It says, many advisors bring success. Don't want to oversimplify this, but it's simple. Um... For Christmas, there was a uh, Barbie dream house delivered to my house. What a colossal mess that was. Any dads of little girls know what that's about? Yeah, you know. You know the struggle. Gigantic box. I think it even told me 147 pieces. Sweet. In my arrogance, I can figure this out. Any dads know what's up? Like, I don't need this. That, that instruction book is way too big. I don't like to read. I can figure it out. I couldn't figure it out. Had to get help. Had to get some advice. And how to put that dream house together. The same is real for your life. There are going to be circumstances. There are going to be situations. There are going to be things that arise when you, when you really want to know the will of God. You want to make sure that you have wisdom so that you don't make a mistake. You want to make sure that, that your feet are tracking in the right way so that you don't stumble. 
what I really want to encourage you to do is, yeah, do all the previous steps, but go, go ask someone. Go ask someone for help. I, I've been blessed. I've been privileged. And listen to me, I don't take that for granted, that in every stage of my life, God has always brought godly advisors around me that I can go to and that I can ask. And here's what is the benefit of that. Many times those around you can see things that you cannot. Many times those around you that, that know you really well, know your habits, know your tendencies, know your hang-ups, and they can speak to that. If you're somebody that just uh, is just constantly on the run and you're making all these decisions, maybe they're the ones that need to say, you need to calm down, right? You, you, need, to, you need to sit still for a little bit. Or maybe you're the one that, man, your feet are stuck in the mud, you're scared to death. Maybe they're the ones that come around you and they say, you need to make a decision. You need to go. You need to trust. Man, don't you love people like that? And I really love the ones that say this. Find you one that'll say this. Hey, if you do that, you're making a giant mistake. Boy, those people are hard to find. But when you find one, find two, find three, go to them. And go to them often. Find you some godly people. If you're looking at your friend group and you're like, I'm sorry, friends, but y'all just ain't got it, right? Just ain't got it. You might be there. I don't know. Go outside of your bubble. Find someone, whether, whether you're in a, a life group or, or, man, we're blessed here with some wonderful elders, awesome pastors, fantastic deacons, people that can come around you and help you. People that can help you figure it out. People that can speak wisdom into your life. Because you might be on the verge of making a really terrible decision. And somebody can help you pump the brakes. Ask. The Word of God says so. The Word of God tells you to find godly advisors that can help you process whatever it is that you are dealing with. There's so much benefit in asking others. But men, specifically, I want to talk to you. You need to humble yourself and ask for help. Because you may not know. You may not have all the answers. But ask. The next thing I want you to write down is we need to move forward in faith. We need to move forward in faith. If, goes back to the very beginning, if we really believe that God is sovereign and over it all. If that's our belief, we then, church, listen to me, can move forward in faith that he's going to be good to you and then he's over the decision. And what confidence and hope that can bring your life. Be done with the mystery of the will of God. Be done being paralyzed in fear Move forward, make a decision, and trust Him that He's good. Trust Him that He's good. Make a move. Do something for Him in your life, whatever it is. Move forward in confidence. Proverbs chapter 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. We get it wrong. Seek His will in all that you do, and He will show you which path to take.
this last point all comes down to trust. So many times we don't do anything because we're so fearful of making a mistake. Trust that the Lord is good and He will take care of you. Do you believe that, church? Be done with the mystery of the will of God. He's made it known in His Word. Get after it. Figure it out. He's good to you. Let me pray for you. God, we love you. Thank you for your Word. Thank you for instruction. Thank you for guidance. And God, we just praise you that you love us enough not to hide your will from us. You've made it abundantly clear. You've given us a whole book to share with us what it is that you want out of us. So God, help us as we pursue, as we seek what it is that you want out of our life. Take the mystery away. Give us faith to trust you. And be with us every step of the way. Thank you for your son, Jesus. It's in him that we have ultimate hope. We love him and we praise him. In Christ's name, amen.